0: You are listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. Today is Juneteenth. It is the oldest national celebration that commemorates the end of slavery in the United States. And it's a holiday that is gaining more and more national recognition just in the last few years. But this year feels Even different from those years, with thousands of people marching in the streets across the country demanding justice for people of color who are murdered by police, as well as a wholesale reboot of our entire law enforcement system, this day falls right in the middle of a historic moment of reckoning in the United States. Here to talk about Juneteenth and some of the things happening here to observe it is Chase Cantrell, a Detroit attorney and executive director. Of the nonprofit building community value, who along with the group Next Steps Together, is proposing a new tradition for Black men on Juneteenth. Chase, welcome to Detroit today.
1: Thanks for having me, Stephen.
0: So let's start with some history on Juneteenth. Uh, I am surprised frequently by people who don't seem to know what this holiday is, what it celebrates or why it's important. So let's catch all the listeners up on what this holiday actually is and why why it's as significant as it is.
1: Sure. So, you know, I I, I know that there was a discussion on your program a few days ago with Jamon Jordan that talked a little bit about the history. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, this is a, a holiday that happens each year that celebrates um, and really recognizes when uh, the enslaved Africans in, here in the, in the United States were um, no longer subject to the brutality of slavery here in the U.S. Um, so that has been something that as a group African Americans have uh, acknowledged each year and in past years, um, you know, especially more and more in these recent years, we're seeing uh, more people acknowledge and, and look to this day as a time of remembrance and just recognition of our country's history. And really, visioning for the future, what is the what is the place and the role of African Americans in the United States? And I think that that's an important reflection that we have each year.
0: Yeah, uh, one of the things that I actually really appreciate about Juneteenth is that because of the circumstances of the holiday, this delayed liberation for uh, African-Americans, African-Americans who were who were supposed to be free, Mm -hmm. uh, finally finding out that that they were. It's an homage to the struggle, I think, that African-Americans have endured the entire time they have been. We have been here on this on this continent, this idea that even when there is a victory that would uh, would expand our freedom. Uh, there's there's often um, a corollary or, or or something that that diminishes uh, that victory. And and Juneteenth, I think, is a nod to that entire history uh, of of African Americans in this in this country.
1: I think that's right. And and for me personally, when I think of when I think of the period immediately after. Uh, which you referenced when uh, enslaved people in, in Texas learned that they, were, that they were no longer subject to slavery. Um, I, th- I think about the period of reconstruction in this country when we began to see uh, black people have successful businesses, um, create uh, enclaves amongst themselves where they were shielding themselves from white brutality, um, and, you know, it was, it was a very interesting, intense period of, of visioning and economic development and solidarity between Black people in the United States that was really quickly crushed by uh, systemic racism and real, real violence towards Black people um, during that period in the, in the late 19th century. So I, I think I think about celebrate what what freedom means but it's also a reflection on what happens in this country when black people do really try to exercise their freedom and that's something that i think that we shouldn't forget especially in this moment right now i think that Mm -hmm. looking to that history teaches us something about um the struggle for freedom that black people have endured ever since we arrived
0: yes yes i'm talking with chase cantrell a detroit-based attorney uh, founder and executive director of the nonprofit Building Community Value and organizing with Next Steps Together to start a new Juneteenth tradition for black men. Gathering virtually to discuss their experiences in the U.S. and abroad. We're talking also generally about Juneteenth, which is celebrated today in uh, this country, uh, the celebration of Black liberation from slavery in the United States, delayed black uh, liberation from slavery. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us, are you observing Juneteenth today? And if you are, how are you doing that? Give us an idea of what this holiday means to you. I'm also curious, if you're not a person of color, when did you find out? about Juneteenth? Is this something that you were familiar with? Is this something that you were taught about, maybe in school or by your parents? Uh, Also, how long did you live in this country without this on your radar in any way? Uh, I'm really curious uh, about the level of just knowledge, awareness, Of this holiday. As always, the number here on the phones is 313 577 1019. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter and put comments there, and I'll try to work you into the conversation. Um, I especially want to hear from, from, uh, again, people who are just coming into an awareness of this holiday. Uh, tell us what you think it means and what you think we can do with that meaning in this moment, right now, in this country, <clears throat> when we are really coming to terms for the first time in a very long time in a serious way with systemic racism and uh, and inequality in this country. Uh, Chase, before we go to listeners, I want to talk about this uh, this tradition that you are proposing. You and the group Next Steps Together a new tradition for Black men on Juneteenth. What is that?
1: So I'm I'm proud to say that this that this idea really started in Detroit. A, a group of Black men um, thought that you know, given this given this moment, especially more Black men should be just in fellowship and dialoguing with Black men. So there was a call to action put out about a month ago for for this Juneteenth weekend for Black men from across the U.S. to to virtually gather. Um, In small groups just really talk about our lived experiences. What what does it mean to be a Black man in America? What what are we um, experiencing um, on the ground in terms of just the joys of life, as well as all of the the challenges that we face in in our skin? So um, the response has been incredible. We have folks who are hosting dialogues across the nation, from Washington, D.C., to L.A., from Detroit down to Houston. Um, and it, it's great. I mean, it's for, for Black men, by Black men, and I often say that, you know, as, as a community, we don't need intermediaries to talk to one another. It's as simple as just gathering to really, to, to really be vulnerable in, in some sense, to, to trust each other and, and talk openly about what we are experiencing individually as a group, and I think, you know, since Juneteenth is a day for reflection in that way, this is a good time for, for Black men to gather to do that, um, and we don't have to wait for June team to do it. I mean, this is a, a great way to start this tradition, but, you know, hopefully this can also spark more consistent dialogues in, in, our, in our communities.
0: Yeah. Sometimes when we talk about things like this, things that are for African-Americans to do together uh, in fellowship, they present something of a threat. I think to mm-hmm. to non-African Americans, and in, in other words, people feel like, well, why do you have to why you have to separate yourselves that way? Why does it just have to be uh, about you? But of course, that's not a threat to anybody else. It is it is about trying to lift black people up together, and uh, you know, make. Uh, make it possible for us uh, to to rely on each other a little a little more, but but talk about the importance of that in the black community and why it's not a threat to anybody else.
1: well, well, first i would I would just say that we we don't often have these conversations amongst ourselves as as black men. That's I'll right. have to say, you know shout out to all the black women out there who create examples of the ways of being in the world but i think that there are there are a lot of ways in which black that black women fellowship together and provide um just authentic spaces for healing and for discussion and for vulnerability that as black men we we don't traditionally do Mm -hmm. we have our spaces where we gather and we talk um but we're not always talking about our feelings our emotions what we're experiencing how we're how we're dealing with things. Um, So I think it's important to unpack that, right? If if we're talking about the ways in which we transform our communities, we have to be able to be in in community with one another. And, you know, it sounds simple. Dialoguing sounds simple. But in fact, um, giving ourselves permission to do that Hmm. is something that we don't always do. Um, And to to the question about the threat, um, I may disagree a little, in, in fact, because what we've seen in the United States, and this goes back to Juneteenth, is... Um, the idea of black people progressing, right black people coming together to mm-hmm. actually um, lift themselves up um, is is perceived as a threat to um, to,
0: to the status quo yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so you know i, I don't I don't want it I don't want it to be perceived as a threat. I think <laughs> that you know the fact that black people want to care about other black people should not be perceived that way, but I think the Reality is um, that at times that is perceived in that way. And in fact, you know, our marketing on social media has received, you know, racist commentary on Facebook. We boosted one post openly to the public. And there were a lot of white men in particular who responded with just very racist comments. And it was it was surprising, in fact, that, you know, black men talking to other black men could receive the kind of response that it did. So it is perceived as a threat by some. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a really great that's a really great point, uh, and I'm I'm glad you made it. And as you point out, that goes back to the very beginning, right? Slaves who were prevented from communing together, talking to one another, uh, the, teaching each other to read, all kinds of things that marked progress that were uh, a threat to the status quo. Uh, I guess my point was now. Uh, in the light of the 21st century, uh, these things shouldn't be perceived uh, that way. And, and I, I think uh, it, it's really unfortunate that you've gotten some of the reactions that you have. It's not terribly surprising. Um, but it's a reminder of the things that uh, that we still face. Uh, exactly. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, let's go to Harry in Sterling Heights. Harry, welcome uh, to the show. A great topic.
1: Uh, you know, I'm college educated. I'm a history buff and so knowledgeable. I have never heard of this holiday until this week. Is that right? Never. Um, I think it should be a national holiday. You look at the history of the United States, and
2: I'm a flag waving American, but if, you know, take the way they treated the Indians and the slavery and Vietnam. A lot of our history is is, is putrid, hmm. and uh, the liberation of, of the slaveries. It should be a national holiday. It, it's like uh, Auschwitz is celebrated uh, every year for the Jews being liberated from Auschwitz, hmm. and, and this should be a national holiday.
0: Hmm. Well, Harry, I really appreciate the call and uh, your candor. Uh, and, and the sentiments there, I mean, I'm, I, I'm actually really glad that uh, lots of people are finding out about this holiday, even for the first time. I mean, uh, it's late and, and we should have been making more of it for many years. But it's important that people are coming to, to that new awareness. Uh, Harry, I really appreciate the call and the comments. Let's go to Dale in Detroit. Dale, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good. How are you? All right.
3: All right. I'm I'm from Detroit. I've been, I'm 61. I've been in Detroit all my life, but I moved to Texas for two years in 96. And I found out about um, Juneteenth, Juneteenth then. Now they celebrate more better than we do all of that. the problem was (laughs) they didn't find out about it. So they was more like, um, how you said, illiterate to the fact. So it took them like two and a half years just to find out. But, that the, the way they celebrate and we celebrate is totally different you know it's yeah. like they take it more serious yeah people.
0: give me a give me an idea of 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 what the experience was in texas for you it's, with the it's
3: celebration. like it's like it's like finding out today that you're free it's like they take it that serious hmm. it's like it's happening right now it's like i can't explain it you have to be there <laughs> and i wanted to touch on the, uh Black Lives Matters, too. Uh-huh. Go ahead. You know, the problem is, it's not a black and white problem. It's a sin problem. It's their minds, and it's what's on their heart. And they want to take an oath under God to be clean, but they don't want to come clean. Huh. You understand? They want to, on one hand, they want to protect and serve, but on the other hand, they want to steal from their own precincts out the evidence room. Mm. You yeah. know? So, yeah.
0: uh, they you are. know. I really appreciate the call uh, and your thoughts both on on policing and on Juneteenth. Uh, Chase, his call reminds me that that uh, this idea of uh, it being a bigger holiday, which it is in Texas, as he points out, <clears throat> is really taking off. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. there, there is talk that it that it could be a national holiday. There are several institutions that I know of that made it uh, a recognized holiday uh, this year why, other than the demonstrations that we're seeing in the streets, do you think that this holiday is getting more attention right now?
1: So so I think it's been a trend over the past few years. But this year in particular, um, especially in black communities, I, I think that we are um, thinking more about what it means to be black in America. And, we, and we've even seen a, a trend recently. You know, The New York Times came out with their 1619 Project last year just sort of – Reframing in a way um, what the history of Black Americans really is. Um, so I think that there's more of a desire for ourselves to really unpack um, that history, to make it known, to bring um, White Americans into the conversation about how do we start a process of conciliation? How do we really understand um, that Black history is not a history aside? That it that Black history is American history? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's more of a movement to to, to do that honestly. So I think that Juneteenth fits well into that desire to to really really understand what, what that history was and how it how it's not just history, how it's still playing out in the systems that we created and that endure today. So I think that that's why it's becoming more of a more of a thing nationwide.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, Dale, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Renee in Onstead. Renee, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. Just uh, cleaning the house.
0: <laughs> go ahead. <laughs>
2: well, uh, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I caught this on the radio. It's very interesting. I I could go on and on and on. My wife doesn't even want me to say one word about it. It's a really funny thing that sometimes even in your own home, with the, with the loved ones of the same ethnic group, there's a, a conflict. Hmm. So, I mean, it, it's not surprising that there's conflict all over the country and all over the world. This is not just a uh, problem in the United States. One of the things I like to say is that I think a lot of the world's uh, problems in regards to uh, human rights are, are a residual effect of colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's all economic. You know, what I mean, it's all about um, cash flow. You know, resources, people are resources also.
0: Sure.
2: Uh, uh, I think that. I never heard of Juneteenth until like the, the thought, what is Juneteenth? They're talking so much about Juneteenth. I uh, grew up in Southwest Detroit with the Southwestern High School. Um, we grew up in a neighborhood that was very diverse. Had a great time, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was difficult sometimes, but they it was Detroit and it was what it was, and and we we did the best we could.
0: Yeah, uh, Renee, done. I I appreciate the call uh, and the thoughts. Uh, again, this idea of people sort of waking up to the reality of uh, this holiday and not just its existence, but its meaning, I think is, is really important and, and pivotal at this, at this moment. Um, Let's go to Kyle in Ann Arbor. Kyle, welcome to the show.
2: Hi. uh, Thanks
0: for having me. Yeah, go ahead.
2: You know, I, I, and uh, I grew up in Livonia and had no idea about this until I was in my thirties and dating an African American woman. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. I'm up to mine. On one hand, I, I feel like it needs the national recognition because I was blown away when I, I found out about it, but there's a little part of me that hopes that it doesn't because like, do we need a Juneteenth mattress sale? Do we need, you know, like
1: uh, what if it was closer to like Rosh Hashanah where,
2: you know, I I'm
1: not Jewish, but I know that anyone of my Jewish friends, that's the day they take off. No one messes with it. And y you know, Hmm. Wondering if it could have that sort
2: of
0: more sacred status. That's interesting. The you push know, for a national holiday. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective, Kyle uh, Chase Cantrell. What's your what's your reaction to that?
1: So, so I share I share the sentiment that you know if we make something a national holiday, that capitalism will kick in. <laughs> um, but the, the the danger I think of of not going down the road of trying to actually acknowledge it in in a more national way. Um, is that it will become, in 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 the description that the caller just made, um, a cultural holiday for Black people. Um, that it will be seen as an event for for us and not for all Americans. Um, and this and this history is, is again, you know, it's not just Black history; it's American history. And I think that that is the utility of making it a federal holiday.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, Kyle, I really appreciate uh, the perspective, uh, and I appreciate the call, of course. Caller Matt couldn't stay on the line, but wanted to note that Juneteenth was brought to national attention by Jet Magazine and was a really important uh, part of that magazine. Uh, that's something uh, that, that's that gone now, but uh, when I was a kid, of course, uh, Jet Magazine was an important part of, of black culture along with, with Ebony. Um, And and you're right. These kinds of uh, these kinds of things were much more noted in those places than they are in in mainstream. Uh, Let's go to Ed in Detroit. Ed, welcome. Yes, how are you?
2: Great conversation as usual. Thank you. When when I was a boy, uh, black Detroiters were aware of Juneteenth, but it was really a regional Texas uh, event. Mm hmm. The important event for celebrating emancipation for black Detroiters was in August, when black Canadians celebrated the emancipation of slaves in the British Empire.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so you would see a convoy of cars through the tunnel and across the bridge, going to uh, black communities in greater... Metropolitan Windsor area. That's interesting. Or London and, and Hamilton, huh. Toronto, yeah. to celebrate Emancipation Day.
0: Huh. Uh, uh, that's that's fascinating. And I I don't have uh, I don't have that memory. Um, but but it's a it's an interesting sort of uh, dimension to add to the thinking about something like uh, like Juneteenth. I really appreciate the call and uh, the comments. Uh, Chase. Before we run out of time, I want to talk just a little about an op-ed that you wrote recently in the Detroit Free Press that, that connects a little bit to this. Uh, you, you were writing about uh, what defunding the police could look like in Detroit. Uh, speaking to the moment uh, right now with the demonstrations and the issues that we're talking about, uh, of course Juneteenth connects to that because it is this is all part of the same system of inequality and racism. Um, but explain what you think that kind of overhaul to law enforcement uh, might mean here. We've only got about a minute left, but I did want to get you to talk about that. Sure.
1: So the the premise of the piece, although, you know, the frame was around defunding the police, it was really uh, uh, a discussion about budgeting as a moral, as a moral document really Mm -hmm. our our municipal budget. You know, how do we go about actually understanding how residents define public safety and understanding that policing might not be the sole definition of public safety and how we actually go through a process of knowing what services the police provide, how much we spend, if it's actually effectively providing the services that we think policing provides. Um, So it's really a conversation about um, outcome budgeting and participatory budgeting. But, you know, I'm always as a lawyer fascinated by not only laws, but how we actually implement policy. And that really was a conversation about, you know, how do we involve residents in defining public safety and in actually creating a policy in a a budget that reflects our values. And, you know, that's not something that happens overnight. You know, we can, even if city council tomorrow said that we will defund the police, it would be a process. Um, And part of that process needs to involve community um, and needs to really build in accountability into any new system that we
0: create. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chase Cantrell, Detroit attorney and founder and executive of the nonprofit Building Community Value, was really great to have you here with us. Thanks very much for joining. Thank you, Stephen. All right. Uh, That's going to do it for me this week. I will be back on Monday and I will be speaking with University of Michigan historian and Pulitzer Prize winning author Heather Ann Thompson about how policing is just the start of the conversation about overhauling our criminal justice system. Also, Michigan Supreme Court Chief Justice Bridget McCormick will join us to talk about opening courts back up during the pandemic. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again on Monday.